Quentin is the best character. His jowl flapping in this episode is just so cute. Hello and welcome to Obsession Bluey, the podcast where I talk about the things I'm obsessed with. And for this season, season one, I am obsessed with the hit Australian children's show Bluey. This episode shows both moms and dads can work, so it's great stuff. Okay, short recap. Rusty and Indy are playing mums and dads. Mum with a U, not an O. They end up getting in a small little tiff about who goes to work, the mom or the dad. And when they can't resolve it, Calypso, in her wisdom, plots and tells them to go and play with Bluey and Mackenzie. But those play partners end up being even more miserable. And they don't play the game how Rusty and Indy do. So they meet up again and resolve their issues with the other person. And then they take it one step further, compromising and saying, rather than it being a weekday, it's the weekend. And no one has to go to work. Problem solved. The two realize they are destined for each other. And they really just learn about compromise and how to work together. And some of the gender roles that we have in our society, those things are just made up. The episode opens up right where we left off before. You don't know that from the first shot. And I kind of was confused because I had to go back and check on this one in the previous episode. Because in that episode, uh, early baby, we have a rainy day. And in this episode, we start with a sunny day. But I went back and checked. In the end of early baby, it turns sunny because everyone's in a better mood. So it has to turn sunnier. So now we pick up, I'll pick up right where we left off. And the scene opens on a wide shot of Calypso's school. The little chicken is just roaming around in the front of the school. <laughs> the scene pushes inside where we see what looks like a cozy corner. I, it's one of the cozy corners. I don't know if there's many cozy corners, but maybe it's just another cozy corner in the classroom because it doesn't exactly look like the previous one in the previous episode. But in this shot, Indy is asleep on the bench and right next to her, Rusty is laying on the ground beneath the bench on the right. He is hammering something with a wrench, which is just really true to life. He's already bent down, so I get why he doesn't want to get up and go get a hammer when you have a wrench. Like, why would you want to do that? (laughs) Indy wakes up. She stretches and yawns, then says, Morning, honey. Rusty replies with a, Morning, sweetheart. I don't know if I want to mention this one yet because I only saw it twice so far. But I will just because I'm curious what other people think and if this is just kind of true of kids. But Rusty seems to have some sort of tick. The best, again, I think it's just the best that I can describe it as. In the previous episode of Early Baby, at the 419 mark, he seems to laugh, but he also kind of twitches his eye and his whole body twitches just a little bit. I don't know if it's an animation thing. And in this one, when he's saying morning, sweetheart, he moves his hand up and down and then shakes it. Now, it kind of looks like he's getting into the game and his hand is cramping a bit, which is really true when you're working on plumbing and stuff like that. But I don't think I've seen that from any other character so far. And I just want to say Rusty is one of my favorite characters too. So I'd be curious if they want to tackle some of that kind of stuff in Bluey. Like maybe he does have a tick or something like that. I know a few kids when I I was growing up that had some kind of tick. I think every kid probably has a tick or something like that. But it just seems very true to life with um, having Rusty just have like a little twitch or a little tick or just something that he does with his hands, you know, just to keep him calm and I don't know, ready to go through the day. But Rusty... He's still under the sink, and he says that he made Indy a cup of tea. Indy takes it and says, I love a cup of tea in the morning. And Rusty knows his girl. 
he says, I know you do. <laughs> I love that Rusty does things that he knows Indy loves. He's there serving her. Even though the sink is broken, which we will find out is what he's working on, he chose to make a cup of tea for his wife first. It's pretty wonderful. Indy asks if the sink is leaking again, and Rusty says that it is, and that he's showing Polly, the little baby in the seat of the table, who was the baby in the previous episode of Early Baby, he's showing her how to fix it. What a good dad. Again, Rusty is one of my favorites because he just seems like a genuinely good dog. Does he have any negative about him at all? If he does, I just don't see it. Maybe I'm blind just because I love him so much, but he just is a pure dog. But Indy gives Polly her breakfast. The two are at work in tandem here. And Rusty gets up. Then both of them at the exact same time dust off their hands and say, Okay, I'm off to work now. Bye. Huh? Indy looks at him. Coming from the free-spirited hippie mother that she has, I'm sure she's been taught a lot of different things about gender roles. And she says, What did you say? Rusty who the website mentions lives out in the bush, and I'm sure he's a bit more of a traditional um, kind of guy. He answers her saying, I said I'm off to work, but I'm off to work. Moms don't go to work. Yes, they do. No, they stay home and look after the kids. No, they don't. Moms go to work and dads stay home and mow the lawn. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. And the camera whips back and forth to them as they say this. It's just a little clashing of traditional versus the hippie model here. The shot widens and in steps the master mediator, Calypso. She calms them down a bit and then tells them this is not how moms and dads behave, which, okay, it is wrong, like practically, but theoretically, this, is, this probably should be right. It is wrong, but it's also a good thing for her to model that this isn't how moms and dads should behave, really. So while moms and dads do fight, and sometimes you do have to get in a slight fight or an argument, I think that the point Calypso is trying to make is that when you are just fighting over your own opinion and don't listen to the opinion of others, that is not what moms and dads should be doing. Moms and dads need to listen to each other and work things out. So I think this sets some, something up in Rusty and Indy's mind that they both know that moms and dads shouldn't argue in the way that they are arguing. Indy and Rusty now go back and forth at it with Calypso watching on, the ever-wise teacher. And she looks at them and she tells them that it might not be good or that it might be good if they both played a part for a little bit. She nudges Rusty to one side, telling him that, that he should go play moms and dads with Bluey. And she nudges Indy to the other side, saying that she should go play with Mackenzie in the sandpit. The kids agree, and before they march off, they declare that they are never playing moms and dads with the other person. <laughs> they both march off on their respective ways in Calypso. After both of them leave, she just smiles and says to herself, We'll see. She knows. She just knows how the kids interact and knows that Bluey is going to drive Rusty crazy and that Mackenzie is just too wild and scattered for Indy to deal with. But teachers, like, I'm curious, do teachers usually do this kind of stuff at school? Like, are there any teachers of young kids that are watching these episodes thinking that, like, maybe they thought of that thing to do before Calypso even said it? But Calypso is just absolutely brilliant here. It's just astonishing how good she is with, like, making kids think outside the box and she makes them think and feel certain ways and she lets them discover the truth for themselves, which is really cool. 
But now the title sequence pops up, and Rusty this time lets us know that this episode of Bluey is called Moms and Dads. The music comes on a bit stronger here, and it's a recognizable tune because it's Johann Sebastian Bach's Sheep May Graze Safely, which is often heard at weddings, and it's just a good, like, it's a good little encapsulation of the school. It's a safe space where kids can learn and be kids safely, which is honestly maybe the biggest and most important thing about an elementary school or a preschool. It just needs to be a place where kids can be safe and a place where they can just be kids and play and imagine things. It shouldn't be a place where agendas are being pushed down their throats or where they're told what to believe. But again, this is why Calypso is great because she doesn't really tell the kids what to believe. She lets the kids discover some of this stuff on their own, which is just a brilliant way of teaching. And they're just interacting with each other, which is like this whole school is just geared towards social skills and interacting with human beings in the wild. And if you can do that well, then I think you can do pretty much anything um, as far as like an, a job or interacting with uh, like a boss or an employer or whatever it is. But the uh, the scene now shifts to what Indy is doing and she's walking toward the sand pits. Mackenzie has his bum in the air and he's digging a hole in the sand exactly like a dog should and a dog would do. Indy butts in and greets him and tells him that she is going to play moms and dads with him because she's never playing with Rusty again. Mackenzie does not change a single thing that he's doing. He's still digging and just says, sounds good. <laughs> and Indy gets interested and asks Mackenzie what he's doing. He pops his head up now and says, I'm digging a hole to the bottom of the sand pit. He puts his head back in the hole and just keeps on digging. Love his mentality here. He's just doing what he's doing, minding his own business, digging holes. Indy is interested even more though and asks if she and Polly can help. Sure, Rusty, or Mackenzie says. Then Indy picks up a shovel and poo-poos Rusty even more, saying that Rusty would never do something this fun. And I want to add on because that man is home cleaning the sink and he's busy making tea for you, which is the reason why he might not have stuff time for fun stuff, Indy. Come on now. Let's think through this. <laughs> as soon as she walks over to the hole, Mackenzie yells and says she has hit the bottom. What's down there, you might ask, and so does Indy. Nothing more than a green plastic, like tarp thing, I guess. <laughs> Mackenzie looks a bit bummed here, and then he says, okay, well, now it's time for Polly's lunch. Mackenzie, the ever-trier of things more than once, jumps out of this hole and says, let's dig another one. I'm just saying, if I were a dog in the Bluey universe, I think Mackenzie and Rusty would be my best friends. <laughs> I love how random Mackenzie is too. He has that energy that he just does what he wants to do. Even if someone thinks what he's doing is weird, he just does it anyway and he doesn't care what other people think about him. That kind of quality is viewed as pretty cool when you're older and I think Mackenzie is going to be a pretty cool teenage and college age dog. The man just does what he wants to do, doesn't really care that much what other people think of him which is an admirable quality. But he leaps up and he just starts digging another hole. Indy rolls her eyes. <laughs> Doesn't he know that there's a child that they need to feed and take care of and that Indy needs to go off to work? Nope, because my guy is just too busy digging holes. Indy then walks off mad and Mackenzie doesn't even realize. He's just digging holes with all his might. The scene then cuts to another little nook of the school. We're back inside and Bluey is sitting on a bench by a window and she's feeding a small little play baby. Zara is nearby too and she's playing with those wooden chess pieces that, that were uh, villagers in the previous episode. 
There's also a lawnmower around too, kind of jabbing at the idea of what Indy thinks dads are supposed to do. But Rusty walks into the frame here and asks, can I play moms and dads with you, Bluey? Sure. Great, because I'm never playing moms and dads with Indy again. Bluey stands up now, saying that she'll be the mom. And Rusty says that he's um, just going to fix this, and he kind of bends over the lawnmower a little bit, but right as he's bending over it, Bluey grabs him and plops him on her lap, treating him like a baby. Her version of moms and dads is just a parent and a baby. Rusty tries to fight this, but Bluey, I guess, is a bit overpowering. She then shoves a bottle into Rusty's mouth, and he spits it out, asking Bluey what Bluey is doing. Note, too, that I think Mackenzie and Bluey should be together. <laughs> and I think the reason that I think this, I just don't think Mackenzie would take this from Bluey. Rusty is almost too nice and kind for Bluey. Mackenzie is nice and kind, but he also fights in a way that is healthy with Bluey, as seen in the Shops episode. In response to Rusty's question, though, Bluey says that she's playing moms and dads and that Rusty is her baby. She then says in her baby voice, Baby want milky tweets. <laughs> and Rusty yells as the scene cuts outside again. Now we are back to um, outside, and Snickers is just in his own world there, doing circles in the grass and just going, Oh, oh, oh. Indy walks up to him and asks, You don't like digging holes, do you? And Snickers knows his limits because he just says, Now what these little sausage dog arms? And he paws at the air, showing how small they are. My guy really knows his limits, but I think he should push himself a bit more than he does. But for Indy, now that she was with Mackenzie, she now only has one qualification for playing moms and dads. No digging holes. So she says, great, and hands Polly over to Snickers, saying that she needs to go off to work. She starts walking off the frame just when Coco jumps in behind and tags Snickers. He is shocked and surprised, so he throws Polly in the air and runs away as Indy catches her, frustrated again that she has failed at finding a play partner. The scene cuts to back, and the scene cuts back to inside, and now Rusty has on a little baby bonnet and is looking miserable as he's in a cradle, and he's just being rocked back and forth by a singing Bluey, who is singing in a high-pitched voice. Hush, little baby, don't you cry. Mama's gonna sing you a lullaby. <laughs> I think that if Bluey was a secondary character throughout this entire like episode or this, the entire series and Rusty was the main character, I think Bluey would be my favorite character. She is still one of my favorites, obviously, but she's so hilarious here. Like as a secondary character, if you just saw this as a secondary character and you didn't really know Bluey all that well, this would be one of the funniest moments that's happened. Oh my goodness, this scene made me cackle laugh. Ugh, Rusty has had enough of this though, and he stands up yelling, Bluey, I don't want to be the baby. I want to be the dad. And to Bluey, this is just a little kid throwing a tantrum. And she bypasses this and sniffs Rusty saying, Woo, someone's stinky. Time to change your nappy. <laughs> Rusty shouts, no, as the scene cuts to what is maybe my favorite part of this whole episode. We're back outside now, and now we just see Winton, and he is just flapping his jowls by himself on his own, just entertaining himself so much here, just flapping his jowls back and forth. The subtitle literally just says, jowls flapping. It is the best. I laugh so hard here. Oh, But Indy walks into the frame now, and she walks right up to Win Winton. 
she says something interesting here too, which I just think shows her original intentions. And one of the more difficult things we are going to talk about as the episode progresses. But she says, Winton, if we play moms and dads, will you pinky promise to do everything I say? So Indy is essentially, she just wants someone to do what she wants them to do, which is probably not the best way to start any kind of relationship. She wants sheer obedience from someone. And Mackenzie didn't even entertain that. And Snickers was too scattered brain for it. And Rusty was just too traditional and was not having that attitude at all. It's an interesting thing to note here too, that some people do want this in a relationship. They want someone to come into their life and their life to not change at all. For everything to just be as it was when they were on their own and living an independent life. But I think that's unrealistic. And it's not fair for either party. When you are in a relationship with someone, you might need to compromise on certain things and you might have to change your life, if not a little bit, a lot. Um, And if you aren't ready to do that, you might end up being very selfish to the other person. It's just something to consider a bit before you get into any kind of relationship. Your life might change and you have to be ready for that. But Winton, our guy Winton is a very obedient breed and that's exactly what he tells Indy here. It's actually not fully true. <laughs> Here's something that I found online. It says English bulldogs are not very smart dogs, according to canine psychologist Stanley Corin. In fact, they're ranked 136 smartest breed for obedience and working intelligence. <laughs> this line just made me laugh so hard that Winton actually believed that. I didn't think English bulldogs were a very obedient breed, but I love that Winton thinks that they are. Like, you can dream and be anything you want, buddy. <laughs> His voice, too, is just precious. He's so cute. It kind of makes me think he's younger, too, which is interesting because I think Calypso school might be a bit more of a mixed age school than others. Zara and Bentley both attend, and they're sisters, so unless they're twin sisters, there has to be some kind of age difference between the students. But Indy likes an obedient breed, and she hands Polly to Winton, telling her that she's off to work. The shot moves closer to Winton, who looks a little awkward, and then just looks at Polly and says, uh, hello. The scene then cuts to the playground. It's like a, it's like a deck kind of thing in the playground. It's like a gazebo, but not really a gazebo. And she walks onto this little thing and she sits down and she, she pretends to type on these blocks that are nearby, acting like it's her laptop. She starts to tap away before she looks to her left and who is there but Winton. <laughs> He's holding Polly and he just says, I don't know what to do. Indy tells him that he has got to get Polly to fall asleep. Winton doesn't know how and Indy tells him that he just needs to rock her back and forth. <laughs> Winton then shakes her up and down pretty violently. Indy takes Polly away from him and shows him how to do it. Polly falls asleep and Indy gives her back to Winton. He then asks, now what do I do? You take her home and put her in the cot. Okay, where do I live? <laughs> this is too many questions and too frustrating for Indy and she smacks her forehead with her palm. The scene cuts to back inside where Rusty is now dressed up all to the hilt. He is cramped into a little high seat. And Bluey has a bowl and a spoon and says, here comes the airplane. <laughs> Rusty makes a face and closes his lip like any kid would when they just don't want to eat something. Bluey then goes full mom mode and says, oh, baby does not like his nummy nummy. <laughs> Rusty rolls his eyes and then just submits. Poor guy. He opens his mouth and Bluey shoves the spoon in going, good boy. Seriously, Rusty is just submitting at this point, and this guy isn't really even himself anymore. He's just a baby. Just sad. 
But the scene cuts back to outside where we see Indy running up to a terrier. She is desperate at this point, willing to work with anyone now. So she runs up to one of them and says, hey, terrier, you're playing moms and dads with me. Just commanding him to do it at this point. The terrier submits here and takes Polly saying, oh, okay. He then looks a little shifty and says, I do have to do this one thing though. But before he can say anything else, Indy walks away saying, make sure you give her some tummy time. Okay, and let's pause at this line. This is the line that makes me think that Indy has a younger sister who is premature and it wasn't an older sister who gave birth to a premature. How else would she know what tummy time is? Maybe her older sister is around all the time, but I think more likely she has a, she's seen her mom give her younger sister tummy time. So Indy walks off the frame here now and the terrier just stands there just a little confused as to how all this happened. Then his two brothers run into the frame and on the other side, they hand him a sword and they ask him, are you ready to storm the castle? He grabs the sword and just says, uh, I think so. <laughs> and now the scene cuts back to Rusty our guy Rusty and Bluey is wheeling him out in a stroller on the deck of the school. She says, baby loves his walkies. And Rusty spits out the pacifier that's now in his mouth. So Bluey stops and walks to get it back. And as soon as Rusty sees that, he takes his chance and he escapes and hops out of the carriage and bolts. Bluey yells after him. Hey, run away, baby. The scene cuts back to Indy now at her desk with the playground in the background. This is a really great scene. She rolls her eyes and says, finally, I can get some work done. Tap, 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 tap. She then looks off in the distance and says, I wonder what Polly is up to. The shot then slides over to the playground behind her and the terriers are running into a ramp. <laughs> they have shields and swords and one of them is holding a baby. <laughs> On the platform where the ramp is, there is a host of other dogs defending the playground. We've got Honey and Chloe, and then Pretzel has come out of his boredom. And then we also have Gruber. It's the first time we've seen Gruber since the Markets episode. The Terriers swing up and attack the gang defending. This looks like such a fun game. I just want to be a part of this one. I'm not gonna lie, this one looks so fun. This is for sure the game that I'll be playing on this on this time of recess. The shot moves to just Indy now who is typing at her desk. So this is after the attack. The shot moves to Indy typing at her desk. Then all of a sudden the terrier who is taking care of Polly comes flying across the desk and knocks the block computer over. Honestly, this has to be about a 50 yard throw for one of the dogs. <laughs> the terrier must have been flying in the air for a few seconds because there is a significant amount of difference uh, distance between the war on the playground and Indy doing her work. But the terrier is okay and Polly is okay. Indy has had enough though and she freaks out saying, I don't understand what's so difficult about this. The scene now cuts to Rusty running away with the bonnet still on his head. Bluey is running after him. Juniper and Missy are in the background and honestly, they just seem like they'd be really good friends in, in uh, the Bluey universe. So I, I just like this little relationship that we have in the side. The scene now shifts again to Indy just sitting on this magnificent seat. Pause this scene because there is a wood bench that is carved into this beautifully flowing stone. And I'm obsessed with the craftsmanship that Calypso is showing. <laughs> it's beautiful. But Indy is just sitting there uh, holding Polly and looking very sad. She then realizes what she's missing. It's the whole idea of not knowing what you have till it's gone. She says, Rusty would never have taken you to raid a castle. And speaking of Rusty, in he runs 
telling Indy that she has to help him and that Bluey has gone crazy. <laughs> it's funny seeing what other dogs think of Bluey. He tells Indy that he needs to hide and that Indy has just the spot. The scene cuts to the sandpit now where Bluey runs by yelling for her baby. She runs into Winton who is just standing there. She asks him if he's seen her baby and he hasn't. But he has an idea. He says, I'll be your baby. And Bluey is down. And the scene cuts now to inside a sand pit hole that Mackenzie has dug. And in it, we find Indy and Rusty just hanging out down there trying to avoid Bluey. We hear Bluey's voice getting fainter and fainter. And Indy says that she thinks that she's gone. Rusty thanks her and then greets Polly again. He says, good to see you again. And then rubs her belly. Before this scene gets a bit more sentimental, though, Rusty <laughs> notes the green plastic that Mackenzie found and just pokes it in a random scene, but it's very true to boyhood of just being enamored by weird things like that a lot. Indy then gets sentimental and apologizes to Rusty for yelling at him. Rusty apologizes for yelling at her, which is a great little moment of humility for both of them. And then Indy asks, should we play moms and dads again? Yes, please. Then Indy does something amazing, which... I think this is like a really interesting point. She, this, this one thing can disarm people from being angry at you and can dispel awkward moments. And she does that really well in this second. She teases Rusty and she says, I like your bonnet. She smiles and Rusty rips it off a bit embarrassed here. But we both know that they've moved on now and they can just talk like normal people to each other. Like it's a really good sign. It's like teasing. Don't do it immediately because sometimes you got to work through some, like there has to be sometimes some awkward moments where you just sit in silence with another person. But teasing can like disarm a person really quickly and you just get to being friends again. It's like comedy kind of does that too. But the scene cuts back to inside where we first started the scene. Indy and Rusty walk in and Rusty is a changed man. He says, Indy, I think moms and dads can go to work. And Indy is a changed woman. She says, I think dads can go to work if they want. I love the balance here. It's not about one being dominant over the other, but it's about mutually agreeing on the best situation for both of them. They both let on and they let the other one be um, free to make a decision here. Indy then shows even more humility, saying to Rusty, how about you go to work and I'll look after Polly. Rusty grabs Polly back and says, it's okay. And they have a little bit of a tugging war for Polly. And... They are arguing over who's going to stay home now. They've realized in reality that the greatest thing is not even having to work, but staying at home. But in all honesty, they are being very generous with each other. And it's just really cool to see that. But in the midst of her fight, in the midst of their fight, Bluey walks by with Winton in the bonnet and in the carriage. Bluey throws her hands up as she walks by and says, well, someone's got to go to work. And then she walks off frame. And it's true. And this one stumped both Rusty and Indy for a little bit, but they both stop and at the same time they find a solution. What if it's the weekend? Yeah. And the shot moves back to them both in the house. Indy is doing what she enjoys, sipping on tea, and Rusty has is just under the sink again, fixing the sink because it's leaking. And they are treating each other with kindness and respect and are helping each other out really well as the episode ends. And we just get another perfect lesson orchestrated by Calypso. Each episode, I'm going to talk about the four things that I notice in the episode. Four because there are four members of the family. These are not the most important parts of the show, but they're just things that I really liked. So, here we go. Number one, 
This episode is supposed to be a continuation of the previous episode. And I mentioned this before, but in the end of the early baby episode, which comes right before this, Indy asks Rusty if he wants to play moms and dads. And he agrees. And this episode picks up right where they left off. I was kind of skeptical at this from the first shot, though, because the first shot in early baby is of a rainy school. And this one in moms and dads is a sunny school. And there's only a few clouds in the sky. But I did go back and I found that toward the end of the early baby episode, we see a rainbow, which kind of signals that the rain has stopped. So the continuity is there. Number two, there is a mini transformation of Cozy Corner. I don't know fully if this is really Cozy Corner, like the Cozy Corner that was in the early baby episode. And it doesn't look like it that much. But if it is, it underwent a plant transformation. All of a sudden, there is a corn cane, there's a large tree, there's a bunch of flowers all around it. So from the, the last episode where there was nothing to this one, it's changed a lot. But again, I'm not positive it is, if it is. I don't really think it is Cozy Corner, but it's just like another overhanging thing that they have in their school. So maybe every single corner is like Cozy Corner 1, Cozy Corner 2, and they just have a bunch of different Cozy Corners. That'd be great. I would love that. Cozy Corners are the best. Number three. This is the first episode that doesn't focus on Bluey. Most of the other episodes either focus on her or have her as a main character. There have been some where Bingo has been more prominent, but mostly Bluey has been the main character in all of them. They're, like This is one where she's an actual secondary character. And Rusty, who the animators actually thought about making the main character of the show before they chose Bluey, Rusty actually says that the title, right, he actually says the title animation here, which is very, very rare. I don't think that's ever happened before where another character has mentioned it. Now, there is a slight possibility that Muffin may have said an earlier title on this season, but this is the first fully confirmed one because Rusty has such a distinct voice, and you can clearly tell that it's Rusty saying that this episode of Bluey is called Moms and Dads. Number four, Snickers has a thing for throwing babies. <laughs> in the last two episodes, back to back, so he threw a baby up in the air and Rusty caught it in the last episode and Indy caught it in this one. So I just wanted to mention he has got some work, working and training to do if he's ever to become a parent. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Every episode, we're going to talk about the theme of Bluey. And the theme of this specific episode of Bluey is compatibility. It sounds like a strange theme. But I think there were four or five themes in this episode, and I think compatibility just kind of sums up a lot of them. So let's talk about some of the sub-themes. The first one that there was was compromise. Toward the end of this episode, both Indy and Rusty needed to be able to join and compromise in order to work together. They sacrificed and came to a middle ground between the two of them, but there really wasn't the kind of compromise that we saw in other episodes where a character truly meets someone halfway. So this seemed to be compromised with the goal of compatibility. Like in the uh, shops episode, we saw a bit more compromise between Bluey and between Mackenzie there. And this one, we saw some compromise, but it was just more of like working together. Not so, not so much like sacrificing your own needs for the needs of another person or like learning how to compromise with another person. And I just want you to think about this. Indy and Rusty are already compatible. Calypso knows that they play well together and that there are other dogs that will rub each of them the wrong way. She knows that they really play moms and dads best with each other, so she sets them up on this wild goose chase kind of thing so that they can both know and understand how good they actually are for each other in terms of play. But toward the end of this episode, Rusty and Indy come to the realization themselves. 
they both played with other people and end up realizing that both of them have the same kind of play styles and are very complementary to each other. There's also a theme here about submission. And this is going to sound strange, but I think this is actually an important one. I think there's a negative and positive aspect of submission here. And let me explain. The first kind of submission that we saw was a negative kind of submission. Indy wanted to play her way. So she literally commands Winton to play with her and she commands the Terriers to play with her. And anyone who has been to the playground at that age knows that there are sometimes just bossy kids who can tell people what to do and the vulnerable kids will follow. So Indy is a bruiser in this episode and she just makes other dogs submit to her. That does not go very well for her. And then Bluey also does this to Rusty. She just kind of makes him submit, but he is just too wild to actually submit. So him and Bluey just don't work well together because Rusty doesn't submit to Bluey in the way Bluey wants to play. But Rusty, he ends up submitting in certain ways. So that's that's an, another interesting thing. He really doesn't want to submit, but I think true submission is like, this is my lot in life. This is what I have to do and being okay with that. Maybe that's like a depressing way to view it. There's like a positive aspect that we're going to talk about in a second. But Rusty here kind of just like is like stuck doing what Bluey wants him to do. And he seems to have a little resistance in him, but he just doesn't like have full resistance in him at this point. But I think at the end, um, the grand idea is that both Indy and Rusty submitted to each other. Again, this might sound strange, but Rusty was hard-headed in the beginning, and Indy was too. They were firm in their resolve, but when they realized their compatibility, it made the whole idea of submitting to the other person and what the other person wanted a lot easier. When they realized that there were like there wasn't a whole lot of other people who were supporting at, or nearly as helpful as the other person. And even though Mackenzie might be more fun at digging holes, he's not as compassionate as Rusty for Indy. So when they found out that they work well together, they can support each other now and function in a way just to submit to what the other person has a desire to do. And I think in that you actually find a lot of health toward the end when they are so generous and so self-giving that they almost can't make a decision because of it. But then it's the weekend and we're all good. Another theme here is just the idea of gender roles. And this is a more prominent theme. But Rusty seems to come from the rural area a bit more and he's probably a bit more traditional. Indy's mom is a hippie and I'm sure she decries gender norms all the time. They are both kids that are products of the environment that they were raised in. And that's actually really a good thing and a healthy thing. In each of those environments, it might be the most beneficial thing for moms to work or for dads to work. But I think in this episode, it really carries with it the idea of the ins and outs of the way that men can and should, of, of what we think men and women can and should do. It's sometimes just shredded in what our traditions have actually been. And it's actually not really truthful or helpful to us sometimes. And each couple or each culture needs to not simply follow what came before it, but figure out whatever is best for them during that time. So like, this is a common question that you get all the time. Like if you have a little kid and he wants his, like a little boy and he wants his nails painted, would you paint the little kid's nails? And I think that because tradition just says that you can't paint a boy's nails and you can't do that. And I mean, you do have to follow gender norms to an extent, but sometimes I think that those things are just made up. So like, yeah, like, sometimes paint your little kid's nails and like talk to him about what you think uh, maybe gender norms should be, like what healthy gender norms can be. Because I don't necessarily think that 
that is highly upsetting to what a gender norm should be. Um, and I do think that there are gender norms. I do think that there should be, um, or not should be, I do think that there are differences between men and women. But I think above all, we need to emphasize our similarities sometimes rather than our differences. And I think in this episode specifically, you see the similarities that Rusty and Indy had, and then you see how complementary they are to each other and how they just really work well together. Now they have fights for sure. They had a fight in this episode, but they, at the end of the day, they really do work well together. And I don't know, gender norms is just a strange one because there are certain things like that men and women just can't do culturally that I just think are sad and wrong. Like even the idea of being vulnerable. I saw this study the other day that um, for men who cry, they lose a woman's respect very quickly. And I asked a few people this question the other day, if that would happen, if someone, if a man were to cry, if they would lose their respect. And the study actually said women will always answer, oh no, I would never lose respect for a person. But inwardly, they do lose respect for, for a man if he cries, which to me is really sad because dude, like there are tough things that happen in, in a guy's life and sometimes he just needs a good cry. Like, and the same thing is true even for women of like women and gender norms and even like the whole idea of being a tomboy and like liking sports or something like that. Like liking sports isn't a male or a female thing. Liking sports is liking sports. So sometimes I think the gender norms are just, are made a little bit too um, intensely. And I'm even from traditions where those things are like held maybe to a too high level of um, importance where I think sometimes we shouldn't necessarily focus on those things because a lot of them are a lot of them are cultural and they're not really I don't think they're even really beneficial to people. Some are for sure. Um, but I don't think a lot of them are necessarily beneficial to people. But that's a whole discussion. That's that's way beyond my pay grade. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist or anything like that. So I just have my own thoughts and opinions and ideas about that. But um like again, I I think this episode just does a really good job of encouraging kids just if your mom works that's great if your dad works that's also great but above all i think the main thing here that should there should just be unity in the house and i think that's another theme as well that has a lot to do with just what the end goal was which is unity even beyond compatibility and our ability to like work well together was the idea of unity and coming together to help each other out that is what rusty and indy did they showed unity when they realized that they work really well together and it's a charge for us all that we might come across people who are more fun or more beautiful or we can talk to easier than certain people in our lives. But sometimes a lot of it comes down to how well you and your partner work together. Do you work and function better together than alone? If you, you do, then that's a good thing and you should keep putting the work in because you want to get better at that. It's just like our dogs in the show. Sometimes it doesn't come easy. Sometimes we need to have heavy discussions about all this too. But above all, the relationships built on love and support, those are the ones that are worth investing into. Every episode, we're going to talk about the best in show award for the episode. And the best in show award for this episode of Bluey might be a shocker, but it's Winton. <laughs> he may have just catapulted himself as my favorite character in this episode. I'm not even joking. I mean, I mean the jowls flapping part was enough. It was just so good. The man is in his own world over there just flapping those things. Then on top of that, he doesn't know his own dog breed and he knows 
Like he's known to not be very obedient, but he believes in his heart that he acts obediently and he ends up being really obedient in this episode. Now, I think this is a big thread throughout this whole episode too, which I'm kind of just thinking of, which is like the whole nature versus nurture idea. So taking time to nurture gifts that you have, that you think you have, or that are even just nurturing things that you're bad at is, is more important than what you were given and the day you were born and what you were born with. I think Winton knows that. Maybe he was wrong about his breed being obedient, but maybe the Bulldogs in Bluey are trying to reverse that trend and become an obedient breed. But he is an obedient, but he works on that and he becomes obedient in the end and he becomes the most obedient character in Bluey so far. There's no other dog in Bluey that is that obedient. (laughs) Winton is winning this award so far. Uh, And he's also just really cute. He has the cutest little voice too. I just love him. Bluey helps me remember my childhood. And it helps me remember just all sorts of stories that happened in my life. And this one, it was just like a random story that popped in my head when I saw um, Mackenzie digging for holes in the sand. Now, I had a sand pit in my backyard. I didn't play in it all that much. But I did remember... Or I do remember going to the beach once with one of my friends and my sister and most of her friends. So she was in high school. My sister is seven years older than me and she was in high school. I was like, I think still in elementary school, maybe like fourth or fifth grade or something like that. Uh, Maybe even younger. But one of my friends went and all of my sister, like a lot of her friends went from high school. So I remember we were all just kind of hanging out on the beach. It was like a cold and Actually, it wasn't a very like enjoyable day on the beach, but we were playing all sorts of fun games. We were running around playing like soccer on the beach. It was a great time. I loved it so much. But I remember one time they like all the guys there were like, I think four or five guys and they were just digging a hole because that's just what high school guys do on the beach. That's just what guys in general do on the beach. If you just give us a shovel and let us dig a hole, that is the most content that any man will ever be in his entire life. Digging a hole on the beach, trying to hit the water line, like there is literally nothing more satisfying in the world than that. <laughs> but I remember these guys were digging a hole and it was like Reggie and Brandon. That's what their names were. And they were digging this hole and me and my friend Freddie were going over there and we were like hanging out and we were like clearing some of the sand for them. We were helping them dig this hole and they dug it really, really deep to the point that they actually dropped both me and Freddie in there and there was like room to move in the whole thing. I think they, it was probably like a, it's like the movie holes. It was like a five foot deep and a five foot wide hole. And we kind of just like hung out in there for a little bit. And I just, I don't know why, but it was a, it made me remember that day with fond memories. I remember like, weirdly, I've never thought of these memories in, in years. And all of a sudden I saw this and I saw the whole like thing in my head. And I remember the car ride there. We listened to, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like the, if any of you have seen those Six Flag commercials, it's this weird song that's in those with this this dancing bald guy. It's like do 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 do. I don't know what it's called. Oh, wait, I do. The hamster dance. I remember sitting in the car listening to the hamster dance, hamster dance, and we were just like having such a good time with all these high school kids, and we were just going crazy in the car listening to this. It was so much fun, and I remember. 
Uh, two, there was like this little sandbar that was like a little bit off of the beach and me and Freddie went out to it and the tide started to come in a little bit and it started to get a little bit more rough and we had to get um, high school guys to come and like bring us back because the water was getting a little bit too, uh, too uh, rough. I remember that. I remember like playing Frisbee on the beach, but above all, the whole thing that I remember was just going deep in this hole <laughs> and uh, them just digging this hole and how content I was just playing in the sand in this hole. I don't know why, but it was just like a fun little thing. This Bluey just brings so many great memories back and it just like helps me remember full days that I had. It's like a wild thing that it does that. But I don't know. This episode is really good. I really liked it. It was it was one of the funnier episodes, I think, like in a subtle way. It didn't have just blatantly funny things like the keepy uppy episode had or that bandit was like slapping his bum in front of Wendy. But it just had some small little things that you notice and they it just made it really, really funny, I think. So I am all for this episode. I'm really uh, looking forward to the future episodes too. I keep hearing really good things about the um, uh, camping episode, which is in two episodes. So I'm really excited to get there, but we'll get there when we get there. Anyway, I'll be seeing you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Bluey. I'm coming out with an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So follow along. Give me a rating and a review. It's really all I want. It's just, just give me some good ratings. Just give me some, some good reviews. I say this every time. But thanks so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me that people are listening to this podcast. We keep growing in numbers. It's slow, but it's like really cool to just interact with people and talk to them about Bluey. And I love interacting with people on social media too and just getting people's opinions on this. We're coming out these episodes live. So if you comment on social media, likely I'll think about that and probably incorporate something like that into a new, in a new episode. So it's just really fun going through all this kind of stuff. And I really, really love Bluey. It's honestly been a healing experience for me. And it's been just a really fun just show to watch. I honestly think this is the best show that I've ever seen. Not just um, the best kid show, but the best adult show. I can't wait to keep doing this.